Hi, my name is Mansi, and I am obsessed with unearthing every little secret about parenting, babies, business, and wellness that will help you navigate through all the questions you always wanted to ask but didn't know who to. I'm a simple woman from the maximum city who quit her high-paying marketing job to start India's most trusted discovery platform for parents after a six-month backpacking trip with her three-year-old daughter with just rupees 10,000. I now run a seven-figure online business with kidstoppress.com and connect with over 10 million parents a month. I share our favorites every single day on the website and on our social media so you can have the best moments with your children and leave the discovering to us. Think of this as your play date with a fellow mom over wine or coffee who loves her kids but also needs her happy ass without them. Shy away from the real talk? No ways. Whether it's money, business, failure, baby, sex or frustrations of not keeping it all together, we've got you covered. So now grab your tea, sit cozy and stay tuned for another stellar episode of Keep It Real Podcast by KidStopRest.com. Parents constantly worrying about um, our children being, uh, you know, are they growing physically? Are they doing okay at school? Are they doing eating right? I hope the vitamins are okay. I hope vitamin C is going in, zinc is going in, you know, all of that jazz. But somewhere we've, we're, we haven't addressed that unsaid part, which is the mental health, right, of our child. And I'm so glad that we're finally addressing it. And guys, most important, addressing it with a specialist, right? An expert who's meant for that topic. Uh, I know a lot of people give free gyan and everybody has their own ways of doing it. But at Kidstoppers, we always believe none of us are experts. We're all work in progress. We're all trying. We're all sharing our experiences. But when we need intervention, it has to be by somebody who's certified to handle and address that topic. And uh, Dr. Shwetamra, thank you so much. Now the kids have been home for one and a half years. They haven't really interacted with their friends and teachers like they used to. In countries that have opened schools, we have heard stories of kids experiencing crazy anxiety levels after long social isolation. What should we do to prepare our kids for that time emotionally and mentally? Um, that's a great question. Thanks for that. I think again, I'm going to offer advice with a caveat saying that anxiety needs treatment, right? So if there is significant amount of anxiety, let's just please be open to getting a counselor involved um, because it it's not it's the emotion that we see and the symptoms or the manifestations that we see, but it comes from um, thoughts and uh, experts are equipped to be able to get children to understand you know, what those thoughts are, how those thoughts are irrational, etc, etc. So uh, please remember that anxiety does need healing. It needs a lot of specialized work. That said, we of course have to try and cope with life, right? So we, so I'd, I'd love to empower you with at least a few bits that can be done. Uh, number one, don't be afraid of anxiety. I think a lot of parents themselves are so afraid of sending their children back out. Um, what if this happens? What if that happens? So I think, and as a mom, I do understand that there are certain inhibitions, there are worries. So don't be afraid. Second, don't reject anxiety. Anxiety is, you know, it's not 
the, at the face of it, uh, not always an abnormal emotion. In fact, sometimes very, very helpful and constructive. So it's very important for us to understand. Um, I might sound a little bit repetitive, but please do empathize. We've all felt uh, anxiety. We've all felt out of sorts. So you know the feeling. You may not be in the same situation, but you know how anxiety feels. And so share that. Let them know that you know how they feel. And that is very helpful in forming the connect that I've been talking about repeatedly. I think conversations are very important. Do let them know that there will again be you know, a change and how change can be good, how change can be challenging and difficult and that you are there for them to always turn back to. Uh, the key will be listing out one or two helpful coping strategies. So if you feel like this, this is the adult you can reach out to. If you feel like that, these are some of the things that we can do. So talking about some two or three coping strategies and have, you know, letting them have their pockets full of these ideas, I think that's very important. Stay patient through the whole process. Um, parents often, you know, when they report their child being anxious uh, in a session, I already sense a little bit of um, judgment, a little bit of rejection, a little bit of even guilt, uh, where they feel they haven't done a good job. And anxiety has nothing to do, um, with, you know, your child's anxiety doesn't have anything to do with you. This is your child manifesting and giving you the opportunity to actually find something that's hurting. Your child is trying to communicate something and that is what is important. That is the focus, not you and what kind of parent, parent you've been. So make sure that you isolate those two issues. And like I said, uh, coping is the key. Um, uh, you know, once there is anxiety, um, all we need to do is find the right coping strategies for your child. Um, and anxiety is easy to treat. So um, please do not lose hope. I think there's a whole generation of children who are facing this. Um, so there'll be several examples to learn from, you know, peer support groups, etc. Um, but I have noticed that with, in, with children anxi and anxiety, it always helps to prepare them a little bit beforehand of what to expect. Right. And, you know, I love what you said that as parents, we just treat our kids with report cards all the time. So if your child is really going through anything like that, it is not a report card on your parenting. So parents, please isolate yourselves from all problems. Um, like like uh, Dr. Shwetamra said, uh, gaming has become a huge thing right now. We have every second child who's playing Fortnite, Roblox, Free Fire, and, you know, shooting games and, and graphics that are giving a rise in a whole bunch of sleep problems. We had a parent who had actually written to us saying, you know, my child knocked um, in the middle of the night and said, one said, I'm not getting sleep. Can I sleep with you guys? And the child is 13. The other said that a voice in my head is telling me to jump out the window. I don't know what to do. So I knocked on your, on your room door. Hmm. Um, these are extreme cases. Where's the first step that we are missing as parents? Um, and so that we don't we don't reach this this extreme case scenario. Very very important question. I want to ask all parents who might be experiencing this kind of worry, this, this concern, that have you never taken your child to a candy store? How do they behave, right? And then what do we do? We educate, we teach, and we tell them how much of it is accepted, how much of it we allow. And this is what we're going to have to do with gadgets. Uh, because our children have been put in front of them. 
to be educated, to be able to have a play date, to be able to connect with grandparents. So, you know, we're putting them in front of it and expecting them at such, you know, um, such a vulnerable age to be able to make the sound judgment when, how much, how, you know, how to do, how not to do. And that's not going to happen. So there has to be a lot of handholding, lots of scaffolding uh, that we need to provide to our children, consistent conversations, acceptance of these disturbing um, communications, you know, where they come and say that this voice in my head is saying that. So I think just focusing on hate, you know, we all have that voice in our head that sometimes says irrational things. So I know that it's a tough thing to do, but stay centered. Don't lose your equilibrium when you observe things, hear your, uh, hear your children say things that are so disturbing. I think they, uh, it's incredible that your child is actually coming to you and stating something like this. Um, mm -hmm. So coming back to the gadgets, um, empowering your children with uh, information on what are the do's and don'ts around gadgets. The second thing I want to say that here, it's absolutely fine to have rules and boundaries. Children do like boundaries. It gives them a sense of security and comfort. It just gives them clarity. We yeah. can't expect them. Like I said, they don't have their prefrontal cortex developed yeah. till 21. You can't expect your 12 year old to know what the gadget is going to do to him or her, um, you know, um, in terms of the, the dopamine levels, you know. Um, so it's okay to have rules around it. Um, you can have various ways of reminding them of those rules. Um, you know, there can be various negotiations and contracts signed uh, over that. So get creative again. Children like the play way a lot. Um, so make sure that you communicate those rules and boundaries clearly. I think during school days, it's also very important to let them know that school is now online. And so they're already exposed to screen um, for a significant period of time. So unfortunately, they will have to give up on entertainment, um, uh, you know, or the slash whatever else they want to do on screen, even socializing on weekdays. Um, and you know, maybe some of it can be compensated on the weekends. So I think, like I said, right now, being assertive, uh, being confident in making certain decisions around gadgets is very, very important. But of course, give them the explanation consistently. Be patient and be creative in your negotiations with your children. As always, if you love this episode, don't feel shy from sharing your favorite moments and key takeaways from this episode with a screenshot and tag us on Instagram. It's at Mansi.Saveri and at Kidstop Press. Oh,